Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warrior women. How are you today? How are you putting yourself first? You know, the old adage is true. If you don't put on your oxygen mask before you assist anyone with theirs, you will not be able to breathe. That's what we're going to do today. Today, you're going to be getting some much-needed oxygen to keep you going. This is Conversations with Warrior Women, and I'm Liz Swadek. I'm hearing from a lot of you on Instagram that self-care is becoming a huge priority for you, and that is something positive that has come out of dealing with COVID-19. I also know that we are feeling overwhelmed and run down. We now know that us warrior women, we know this, that without self-care, we can't function which is crazy because I don't know how we were functioning before because we definitely were not doing enough self-care before. The truth is I don't want things going back to normal for us. I don't. I want things to be better, better for us, us to be better. Tell me what you think about that. Do you want things back as the way they were before the pandemic started or have you found a new way of living, a new way of being that deep down you know is better? DM me at the at Warrior Women Pod on Instagram. If you want to find out more about the show, go to thewarriormoms.co and click on the podcast link. And if you like this podcast, leave us a positive review and subscribe so we can move up in the rankings and bring you more warrior women. Okay, before we get on to our amazing warrior woman guest, on to our sponsor. Oh my goodness, I have been freaking out about what to do with my daughter Coco this summer. Well, guess what? I found the best virtual camp for young entrepreneurs. Busy Girls, B-I-Z-Z-Y. Busy Girls Camps empower our daughters through entrepreneurship and social emotional learning. Their small live classes are project-based, very creative and feature licensed teachers trained in virtual learning. They offer full or half day camps for kids ages six to 14 years old. The program is a combination of project-based lessons, discussion, workshop time with the girls where they have, they create and work on their own products that they will sell. Workshop time is a shared creative time. Each girl's focused on her own product, but able to give feedback and get feedback, share ideas and teacher input. Physical activities such as yoga, stretches and teacher-led dance moves and singing help keep things moving. All the entrepreneur lessons and activity-based Curriculum includes inspiration boards, product development, logos, signs, selling points, pitches, mini business plans, capital costs, profit, and pricing. These girls learn so much. This is such an amazing camp for young female entrepreneurs. At the end, girls can sell their items on Busy Girls online store. Stores are private, and the girls can only sell to people that give their secret code to. So sign up for Busy Girls Camp at busygirls.com. That's B-I-Z-Z-Y, busygirls.com. My daughter Coco even put together her own group class of her friends. Such a fun idea for the girls this summer. Today's warrior woman is Dr. Nellie Farnudi Zahiri. Dr. Nellie is a warrior mom of three, an author and keynote speaker, a licensed clinical psychologist who specializes in working with cross-cultural families in the greater Los Angeles area. Her expertise is in the area of social-emotional learning, SEL, 
mindfulness, conscious parenting, conflict resolution. She's the founder of the International Center for Peace Learning and also the host of Mom Talk LA TV, which is online and on Andisha TV. Dr. Nelly has an upcoming book in the field of early childhood development and peace learning parenting. And her mission for Mom Talk is to discover opportunities to help build more empowered families, conscious communities, to support growth, higher consciousness, and peace learning leadership. Dr. Nelly's work focuses on cultivating character, community leadership and empowerment, peace training, and galvanizing peace learning and well being for families locally and globally. Dr. Nelly, my lady friend, I love you. Welcome to the show. I love you too, Liz, and congratulations on this wonderful, wonderful podcast. You've brought so much empowerment to our sisterhood community, as well as uh, warrior women and families, and I love you, and I'm so proud of you. Uh, thank you so much, Nelly. I, Nelly and I love to get together socially, but we also love to work together. We have like all the great synergy, uh, and you're going to get that today. So let's begin, Dr. Nelly. Um, your mission has always been to help people and communities and parents to feel more empowered, have peaceful, conscious families. I feel like now more than ever, this is really what we need. But I also know we're really overwhelmed, Dr. Nelly. We are like, ooh, we are run down. We are depleted. How do we help parents right now feel like they can have a more peaceful, empowered, and conscious family? I think a good first step is to create a positive growth mindset for what we're going through and experiencing and changes and shifts, whether it's in environmental changes or consciousness or parenting or whatever those changes. It's really important to know that you are enough. You know, I think to really internalize empowerment, to know that when you wake up, you wake up with this enormous power within you to create positive progress and growth and change. In fact, growth and change is inevitable. So from the moment that you wake up from a cellular level all the way and inside out experience, you are making progress. That's such a good point because we all feel a little bit stuck right now. That's right. That is a biological imperative. That is actually happening. It's actually happening. And so to allow your mind to naturally move into this compassionate space, this is why compassion is naturally a great tool to cultivate an atmosphere for positivity and positive change. So when you are reaching in and tapping into that power within you, the connection and feeling full, now it might take a second, whether it's through breathing or through connecting to a higher power or through prayer or through just imagining a really dear darling friend who's just showing up, you know, in your imagination for you or your mom or your parent or your dad or your children, your husband. I think it's through interpersonal and connection relationships that we start to feel the power within. And so from within, we're able to share and bring it outside through when we're seeing 
another human being, whether a friend or a stranger, and able to share that compassion outside of ourselves. How are we doing that though? Like, I mean, I feel like, I mean, one way that I'm doing that, and I'll just share this with you, and I think you've seen it on Instagram, but I have my door questions, which everyone thinks is hilarious, but I actually do that, Dr. Nelly, because you know me well, to connect, right? And I do it to make my children happy. So on the door today, it says, what day of the quarantine do you think this is? And I don't even know where we are or, you know, where we are in this whole thing. So I put day 45. And then on the other side, it says day 4,997,682. And I know that all my delivery people are going to put their packages in front of the (laughs) 4,996,682. And now people come by outside my house in the street, they walk by and they see what my question is and they wave to me. I'm actually thinking about now putting my question on the mailbox so they can make a vote down there too, the the people who are Uh just taking a walk around the neighborhood. But little (laughs) things like this, like bringing joy and positivity to a, a really kind of hard situation, but at least to know that we're together. So in terms of like parenting, like what kind of things can we do with these kids, like activities or just I don't know, things that tangible things, I guess I'm looking for that we could do to kind of bring that growth mindset out. I would look for happiness within those activities or when we're connecting with our children. So we know our children best and we know their love maps, right? If we're attuned parents and if we've put in sort of the energy and the love to cultivate secure attachment in our relationships with our children, we're very familiar with their love maps. And so based on their love map, knowing what brings joy, what brings happiness, like real happiness, right? I think it's important to be intentional and mindful to create that. Now, sometimes that could mean a deep conversation with your introverted child who's really like yearning that deep philosophical conversation while you're tucking them in and spending that extra 30, 45 minutes while you're really contemplating and showing up for them and being emotionally available, letting them know that darling, I see you. So within that emotional exchange or that social emotional exchange, it's really important to cultivate the knowing and the feeling Mm -hmm. that goes beyond one's self-interest. So what I mean by that is in a healthy interpersonal relationship, when you connect to the other, when self is connected to the other, it's really important for the other, so like you and I, mm-hmm. for, for you to know that I know that you know that I know that part of you or something that is important to you or if you're suffering, that I know you're suffering, but on a deep level, not just knowing, but that I make sure that you know that I know and I make sure that you know that I'm here for you. And so it's very... So for like my kid, you know Landon. (laughs) Landon loves his Fortnite. I noticed that uh, he really likes to tell me all this nonsense about Fortnite. I do not know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about, Nelly. I'm never going to know what he's talking about. But I do notice that if I give him my full attention when he's talking about something that he's really excited about, and if or if I ask him, oh my goodness, if I ask him, if I say... 
how's it going today on, you know, Fortnite? Like what happened today? Are there any new, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about characters or did something drop today that's exciting? <laughs> gets very excited. So is that what you mean? Like kind of their love map, like kind exactly. of- Exactly, exactly. You nailed it. So by you sitting next to him or preparing his favorite snack and pulling a chair next to him or saying, hey, sweetheart, you know, what can I get you to drink? Just showing up for him uh, with his basic needs, which are right now, you know, physiological and the need of safety and emotional responsiveness, but going deeper to being interested and seeing them for what brings them joy and happiness. And you nailed it. Like you find those moments Beyond judgment, this in the field of compassion, there's no room for judgment. So you show up for the person in their field of joy and happiness and their existence, their essence, and you show up for them. And you not just show up for them, you see them, yeah. you hang with them, you sit with them, and you are authentic. You're there for the person to let them know that you see them, you hear them, and your heart is connected and available to them. And that's the essence of compassion. And it goes even deeper when an individual is in suffering. And that individual could be you or it could be the other. And so in the context of suffering, when we are at a time where many are suffering. Yeah, we're suffering, and we're grieving, which we really don't know how to do. Nobody, by the way, is teaching anybody how to grieve. This is what's hysterical, right? Like we are going through this such a grieving, a different, you know, like about time, things missed, graduations missed, you know, no one teaches you that. No one teaches you how to grieve and suffer. You know, it's a very hard, hard thing to navigate. Yeah. So in the context of grieving, of course, you know, there are stages of grief and bereavement and you can kind of intellectualize it and think of it in the context of crisis management. Like, how can we get through this and understand, like raise awareness of, okay, we're in the stage of shock. Okay. We're in the stage of anger. Okay. We're in the stage of depression. But then there's also another piece to this, which is enhancing or enriching the meaning, the, the making sense of, of this crisis and this loss and grief. And I think collectively, existentially, I think as human beings, we're gifted that way. And I think once we're able to stay in that space where we're connected to that existence, to the loss of the existence, we will create such huge synergy for each other and we will get through this. And that's why when we are together, we feel less suffering. When we are together and connecting, we feel that we can get through this. We feel hopeful. In many ways, crisis could be an opportunity to shift sort of the state of being into a deeper sense of existential being, which is meaningful. And we've seen this with many survivors of trauma, you know, survivors of wars and the Holocaust and post-traumatic transformations, growth and transformation. And I think what excites me is how we are in a time in history where collectively there is this intensity, this urgency for awakening, for becoming more conscious and aware. But we also have the awareness of awareness to make sense of it in a beautiful way. Yeah. 
I, I, oh my gosh, I, I totally agree. And I, that is something exciting to me that people have an urgency to connect now. People have an urgency to show people how they're feeling about them and that they care about them. You know, everything from clapping for a healthcare worker. I have a, I have a, a, a couple that is, um, they're nurses. The two of them are both nurses, both parents. And so every week I send something over there. I just, I send a pizza kit. I sent wine. I sent a rigatoni bolognese. I'm just, whatever I can think of, I send over there just to thank them. I mean, I just can't imagine having both parents being nurses and working, but we are, we are, we are in such a great place for that right now of giving. So I want to know, just because I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to skip around a little bit with you, but I, I want to know, you always talk about the vitamin C's and I think this is such a great way to remember this that we should take our daily vitamin C, Dr. Deli. Um, what are the five C's? So we can kind of have that in our minds to, when we wake up, oh, don't forget your vitamin C's, your five C's. Yes. So there are many C's, but I chose five C's because this is a teaching tool between parents and children. And so I really wanted this to be an inside out process where it feels organic and it feels like you can carry it on your hand. The big C being compassion. When I work with families, so in in the context of family therapy, I go deeper, I dive deeper into what it means to each family member. So we sit down and unpack this individually and deepen the understanding for, and the language and labeling of it, like how we label it, how we define it, how we differentiate it, and how we can make a linkage from compassion to then collaboration and cooperation. And so it's systemic. It's within the family system. And it's always such a great tool of growth because once you open up those doors of communication and you start to explore what does it mean to dad? What does it mean to mom? What does it mean to Johnny and, um, you know, the, the children. And so I, I think it's really fun to do. You can do this in your own family. You don't need a license and you don't need to be a clinical psychologist. You sit down around the table with your family. So this is like any family night and you talk about compassion and times of suffering. So we are going through really rough times and this is the time that we need compassion more than ever. Uh, what does compassion mean to you. And so there's a five-year-old to the 10-year-old to the 15-year-old, and you come up with ideas to deepen the social, emotional learning experience of compassion. Oh, I love this, Nelly. I love this, Nelly, because we go around the table and I started this because of uh, Miss Mel Robbins. I love my Mel Robbins. Uh, she suggested going around the table and just doing a check-in of like, where are you from one to 10? Even before we go out, get on this call. You said, how are you? I said, I'm at a nine today. I mean, I've been at my twos and ones. We all have, but I'm at a nine today because I knew I was going to talk to you and I'm going to connect with you. So I'm feeling good. Um, But when we go around the table, you know, I'm sometimes I'm shocked. Sometimes, you know, Coco will say I'm a two and I'm, Oh, Oh, okay. And I didn't even know. So I'm, I, I really make a practice of doing that, but I love this. This is taking it to the next level, asking them, you know, what is compassion to them and what, what ways do they want to feel compassionate for others or what can we do? I love this. Yes. And it's important for you as mom. So as a warrior mom, 
we are very strong at heart, right? We have big hearts, open hearts, and we're able to show up and show up with strength. So our weapon is really our warm heartedness. And so I think when we are modeling what it means to practice self-compassion, connecting to you and knowing that you are enough, you matter, you are awesome, that you are your best like supporter and cheerleader, right? That, that real authentic connection. And that requires letting go criti- critical, the critical eye, right? The judgments and all that. So in that space, you have to truly show up for yourself with compassion, with love to say to yourself, darling, I'm here for you. You're going to be okay. What's happening is is meant for you to, you know, go through this and you're going to be fine to to soothe yourself, self-soothe yourself. So feeling that, so filling your emotional bucket and modeling it in an authentic, real way, and then sharing that with your family members and allowing them space so that they know it's important. It's very valuable and holding high expectations. By the way, with the five C's and especially during a pandemic, there's nothing more critical than having higher expectations. So like my expectations of kindness may have been like the in the 70 percentile, you know, from my children or community, I have like an 80 percentile or 90 percentile sometimes, right? Because we need it. Like it's, there's an urgency. We're in critical times. And so it's important for children to get that, to grasp that practicing self-compassion is really important and you need to show up. It's a high priority and you need to show up because without you, being healthy and happy and full and even honest about the times that you're in pain and suffering, you won't be able to show up and help the other person. This, this self-compassion happens to be one of the strongest indicators of how uh, health professionals, so nurses and doctors, heal and help their patients. So nurses who score high on this uh, self-compassion questionnaire are significantly more likely to help their patients heal and show up for their patients. We should actually put that questionnaire, we'll put that in the show notes so people can take it, like how self-compassionate you're feeling towards yourself. So you kind of know how to direct yourself. But, But just before we go into the five C's, what are the five C's? Let's just name the five C's and then we'll go through like slowly and talk about them. Okay. So the first big C, compassion. Second one, um, cooperation and collaboration. Uh, third one is communication. Um, fourth one is culture. And fifth one is conservation. Okay. So we went through compassion for yourself. and So self-compassion and compassion for others. So that's kind of all, both. Okay. Inside out. And think of these five C's. It's an inside out process, right? Just like vitamins, you take them and from a cellular level, you start to heal from an inside out um, perspective. So the second one, uh, cooperation and collaboration is really important. And what I like about times and crisis or when we're really struggling as a family is that there are no options. You know, many of the decision-making Uh, trees, you know, get eliminated because it's not an option anymore. So you cannot 
not to cooperate basically in some right. ways, right? Like wearing a mask, washing your hands and protecting uh, yourself and others. There's zero tolerance for not cooperating where, you know, before in going through a daily sort of experience of decision-making, sometimes we feel like cooperating and sometimes we don't. And based on on your decision-making process, you know, it works for you or it doesn't. It's non-negotiable, right? <laughs> you just have to do your laundry, right? It's non-negotiable. Guess what? No one's coming to clean my toilet except me. I've realized this. Yes, I'm doing it. I got my I got my Clorox wand. God bless you, Clorox, every product you make. I love my Clorox wand for the toilet. Yes, I do. Little plug for you, Clorox. <laughs> Absolutely. And so in doing so, as we learn the the value of cooperation, we're experiencing a lot of growth. I mean, I'm watching my children. They've they've just turned into like these uh, new kids who just get it. You know, they're cooking and they're doing dishes and they're cooperating because they get the urgency. They see how important it is to, to cooperate. Now, maybe, you know, under different circumstances, they wouldn't be pressed to cooperate the way they're cooperating. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think you have to ask for it because I have a couple friends who were telling me, you know, that their kids are just, you know, not really doing anything. And I've got my kids cooking twice a week. They've never cooked before in their lives. They're cooking two meals a week. They, they know that when Sunday comes, other than watching church online, we are going to be cleaning this house and they know they cannot get away from me. So, I mean, they, you know, there are certain things that I think, and the cooking has been a lovely thing, by the way. We we use this one potato meal service, which is kind of great because they already pre-measure everything out. A uh, little plug for one potato. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's really important to get them get them involved. Okay, so all on to communication. That's our third C. That's right. In the context of communication, again, with the family members, what we want to do is differentiate and identify nonviolent communication and, and teach them about nonviolent communication. So in the context of nonviolent communication, the focus is on needs, identification of needs, and in a cooperative, collaborative way, measure for family members, for friends and community to try to satisfy the needs. Where sometimes in the other styles of communication, you might have power or control at the core of communication, right? With status and and so forth, like hierarchy of power and so forth. And so it's really important to just educate people on, on, you know, there are different forms of communication and nonviolent communication works because it's low-handed, highly responsive, and it helps individuals become aware of uh, needs, right? Needs, maybe you, you start to talk about a couple of your needs that maybe I wasn't aware of within me, you know, my needs. And so I get an idea. I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of feel like that's, that's, you know, an important need for me. And so this is how a warrior woman can empower each other by speaking the truth and labeling the needs and identifying it. Now we don't have to ask for it. I think just that first step of identification can be very valuable. Well, I mean, I think, and that's hard too, right, Dr. Nelly? I think some of us in the beginning of all of this were kind of acting like we were fine. I think now more and more women, especially that I'm talking to, and even the kids will reveal that they have a need, that they're sad, that they feel really isolated, that they're feeling like they need to go get outside more or whatever it is. And I think if you don't reveal the need, 
then somebody cannot come, up, come alongside and help you. So you do have to communicate those feelings and reveal truly how you're feeling so that other people can come to your aid. And with kids, sometimes you have to obviously ask, communicate that ask and say, where are you today? Where are you on one to 10? Where are you? Exactly. And you know, 90% of what our children are learning or they learn comes from social learning, from watching us. And so if we're not good at identifying and labeling needs for ourselves or between our relationships at home with others and with our spouse and with our family, then children are watching that. The majority of their social emotional learning, like 80%, a high majority of that learning, depends on the social learning that they're getting from, especially with those securely attached uh, relationships with mom and dad. And so it's really important. I know sometimes for dads, it's really hard, especially, you know, if pride is huge. And I know like in our culture, in the Persian culture, you know, pride is huge. And so and the Latin cultures and so forth. Um, and so when you're a really proud dad, it's hard to label and ask and identify, but sometimes that can be a double-edged sword. So, you know, even though sometimes, you know, it leads to um, just being like humble and being a hardworking person and so forth, but in other ways it can damage sort of the relationship and the social emotional growth within the relationship. Well, and also we're in such an extreme time right now. These, I mean, definitely my husband, I feel like has been much better about saying, sorry guys, I'm in a mood today. I feel a little bit like a hamster on a wheel today. I feel like it's Groundhog Day. He'll tell, he'll tell us when he's, you know, feeling a little down, which I think is important to do. You know, I mean, the funny thing is we don't all seem to be down at the same time, which is, I guess, great. Like one person's sort of down and the other three are pretty good. So, you know, we always try to help the one that's kind of at a one to get back up to, a, you know, at least a five. We, we always try. So what the next C is culture. So you mentioned a little bit about you know, different cultures and how people respond to different things. So talk about the, the fourth C of culture. So the culture C is, again, an inside-out process. So I think you're identifying and celebrating and being authentic and transparent about your own cultural roots and your likes and dislikes. And sometimes even attitudes or values, you know, some of those fall in, under culture, right? But you're also celebrating and being aware and excited about the diversity and making a strong effort to bring inclusion to your experiences. And so that's like going beyond your comfort zone, right? Because sometimes it's comfortable when we're within our own cultural sort of space and zone and we, we feel comfortable. But I really stress, especially with families, especially modern families, I stress the importance of diversity and inclusion, why it's important to expand band on experiences, on taste, on art, on relationships, on languages, on music. And so with today's technology, and especially during times like this, when suddenly the, the windows have opened into, you know, global parts and, and celebrations of all cultures and people, and we have sort of a lot in common, I think this is a really fascinating and wonderful time to deepen our understanding and celebration and excitement about diversity and inclusion. And to know that interpersonally, intellectually, cognitively, well-being-wise, you know, mental health-wise, it's a good thing. 
It's something that as we cultivate, enrich, and emerge in it, we personally benefit from it. So it's an inside-out growth process. It's good for everyone. Oh, it is so good for everyone. I feel like more than ever, I feel so connected to the world right now. Like when I see these videos coming from Italy and they're doing toasts with a super long stick across a balcony or they're dancing. And I just like feel such love in my heart for other people and other cultures right now and how they're rising to the top and, and how they're kind of connecting with each other and being compassionate towards, you know, other people. It just is warming my heart so much. And you know what, one thing that I will add to that, Dan Siegel, Dr. Daniel Siegel, who's a founder of interpersonal uh, neurobiology and the way of, uh, you know, connecting sort of neurobiology to the depth of the attachment theory and, and parenting. He talks about the Mui space, the Mui space being the space between me and we, and that being so valuable in our growth and our awareness and consciousness and our well-being and our integration, the, the brain's ability to integrate, which equals, you know, better mental health. And so when you are able to see the, the people in Italy who are cheering from a distance or showing love and you feel in your heart warm-heartedness and love for them, you're in that muy space and cultivating just love and compassion and you know good well-being for not just yourself, but the world. And so it's very, very valuable. Very, very valuable. I love that. And then what's, so the fifth C is conservation. How, do, how, are, we, how are we kind of bringing that into our families? I mean, I always struggle with conservation and I've, I've been very frank and open about this. You know, I think we live in a part of the world, maybe it's Los Angeles, you know, there's so much waste and so much just lack of consciousness around conservation. But I, I try every day and I teach kids and thank God that schools and the educational system and sort of the consciousness is uh, becoming more and more aware, especially now, I think more than ever, we're, we're seeing the impact of lack of social responsibility as it comes to our relationship with Mother Earth and our environment and, you know, uh, saving and conserving and so forth. And so it's really important to, again, identify it and talk about the meaning for each family member. Yeah. And, and to see like who has a strength. This is what we do in our family. I have delegated to actually the kids because they're much better. Yeah, they are very good. Kids are very good at this, I found. But they also, they've learned it in school, right? It's part of their uh, deeply rooted sort of awareness and education and consciousness, uh, which I love. And I'm so grateful to the educational system about this conservation. Um, and so we, we are intentional. We make um, projects based on how can we give back, how can we conserve, and then holding the children or those who are strong in this area responsible to complete projects, to make recommendations, to hold family members like responsible, like consciously responsible, and to call out, like, you know, sometimes my little one would, would, will come and say, mommy, like, you know, that's wasting, you know, <laughs> put that away, or she'll, she'll call me on it. And she's right, you know, it's important. I think it's important to grow in that space. I'm not very good at it, and I'm not very proud of it, but I'm working on <laughs> it. Like someone I'm, monitoring you in your house, so you're all set. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, that actually brings me to my next question for you. So have you found 
I mean, how has it been in your own family? I mean, this is your area of expertise, but there's no way you have come out of this unscathed. I know you have probably had some days of twos and ones, as I like to say, uh, on a scale from one to 10. How, how have you kind of, you know, what has been your struggle like in this time, you know, because it is, it is a really rare opportunity, but it's also, it's a, it's a tough time to, to really kind of, you know, keep the connection and to not go super dark in your mind and all of those things. I would say the strong sort of dark moments or those twos are when I've lost sort of the connection, the compassion for my spouse to show up in a, in a time, in a place that I needed to be honest and transparent and to say either I'm suffering or that I see you suffering and to show up for him. And the reason why was because I was trying to show up for the three kids. And so sometimes when your attention shifts, and you know, attention goes where you know energy flows, as Dan Siegel would say. And so when your attention is on the children and helping them kind of co-regulate, which we are in times that our children need us to co-regulate, to let them know everything's going to be okay. You know, we're going to be fine. This is safe. You know, they get a glimpse of fear. And so you're there, you show up for them. And so during those times, I think at times I've slipped uh, and I've lost sort of my connection with myself and my spouse. And this is when, you know, I raise my expectation and I say, listen, like you need to adult, you know, we got to be adulting here and we got to like show up for each other. We got to, we got to be strong. So the self-talk and letting myself know that it's okay, we're going to slip, you know, 20%. I always say in parenting, there's that 20, 30% margin of error that you can completely fail and still be an amazing mom or an amazing dad. And the same thing applies to these times. Like we're going to go through moments, like you said, I've had my twos and I've had um, uh, those low times, low energy times. And I think in those times, I just turn to prayer. I turn to, I go and light my candles. I go pray for myself, for others, for um, everyone else who's suffering. And I try to connect to that universal uh, consciousness where we're all, you know, experiencing some of these strong feelings, emotions, but it is going to pass. And so just having that awareness of the awareness that you're observing the suffering, you are showing up with warm heartedness and kindness. I, I never, I never experience not having warm heartedness. I think that's something that you can have and you can control and you can be disciplined about. So if we always, and I know warrior women do, you know, we always have that, that warm heartedness is there, but it's just a matter of like, sometimes we lose our attention. We, we forget that it's there. And I think bringing your attention back to the warm heartedness then allows you to get through that next cycle. That's a good point. That's a really good point. So what's next for you, Dr. Nelly? I know you have a book. You have a book coming out? Do you have a book? Is it out or is it coming? What's happening? Okay. So I've been working on this book for many years, as some of you who are close to me know about this book. And the reason why it's not out yet is because, because you can write a whole new chapter now. <laughs> right? I mean, let's the, book, just... the book is done. <laughs> the book is sitting, 
sitting on my shelf. Okay. We're going to get onto our little speed round, but I do know that you do uh, telehealth and consultations with families because obviously we can't uh, meet in person right now. So I'm going to make sure I put your information um, in the show notes, but you also said you're going to offer something for free. What did you say you were going to offer Dr. Nelly? So my consultation hours, you can, you can book, you know, from my website or get that information online. But I thought that during these times of crisis, it would be nice to offer to some families in need consultation hours, you know, and it's for 30 minutes, a crisis intervention or just peace learning parenting consultation. And I can tell you from uh, some of the calls and the telehealth work that I've been doing, uh, a lot of it is focused around social emotional sort of development and um, identifying sort of within the family structure whose uh, needs are being met and whose needs are not being met and what we can do. So developmentally, where the children are, how are they coping with the stress, um, what can help improve their coping and manage their stress. And sometimes it's uh, pre or post um, divorce counseling, which unfortunately, you know, um, uh, during this um, uh, pandemic, it's it's uh, increased. Like a lot of families are now struggling with this um, additional distress of uh, divorce and um, severe like marital conflict. And so, you know, I I, I feel um, I feel responsible, and I feel that um, I want to help. And I want to be there and show up for families who need my help and who think that I can be of service. And so I'm, I'm happy to serve. Okay. Well, we're going to put that in the show notes. I think that is an amazing thing that you're offering because people do need that right now. And this is you know, a crazy time that we're going through and we're all trying to navigate it the best we can. But sometimes, oh boy, do we need some help doing that. So you and you are the perfect help. So I'm going to get down to the speed round questions because it's my favorite what is a mantra or quote that you live by, Dr. Nelly? Regarding mantras, I have this inside out mindset, right? I like to think of it as an inside out. So for the inside mantra, I would say everything is always working out for me. And as you know, that's Oprah's mantra. Um, and I, I love this one because I, it truly grounds me. It truly gives me tremendous inside peace. So when I say to myself, and I, I'm either lighting a candle or laying in bed, um, I connect to that inner self, like that deep uh, space within me that uh, maybe sometimes gets worried, maybe sometimes gets anxious. And I say from a place of uh, peace and um, compassion that um, everything is always working out for me, Right. And so that's the inside mantra. And then the outside uh, mantra is um, I have a couple and I'm constantly reminding myself. I make sure that, you know, it's, uh, uh, I have aware, awareness of it. Um, so darling, I know and see that you're suffering. I'm here for you. So this could be to a friend or the other, like I said, the self-other relationship. And that um, when, you know, um, you come, you show up for yourself, right? And that mantra of abundance, blessings, you know, I am available 
for peace and abundance and blessings. So you create that and you are intentional about that mantra within, creating and cultivating that power within, that I am powerful, I am strong, I am capable, I am um, uh, in a space of abundance and peace. And then in the context of interpersonal, your relationship with the other, you show up for the person with warm-heartedness and you connect with them by you know, imagining, darling, I know you're suffering. Darling, I see you. Darling, I know that you know that I know. And I'm here for you. So not just the awareness of seeing you, seeing your existence, but being there for you, taking action. I love that. And I love the darling part. I love, I love the word darling. I don't know why, but I really- My dad always used it. it. Um, oh my gosh. I, it just melts my heart. He was always, yeah, just darling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so sweet. What simple thing, simple self-care tip thing you do for yourself that you could share with us? Simple self-care thing that I do every single day. And if I don't do it, I <laughs> feel like I'm out of my rhythm is um, lighting some candles, getting my cup of tea um, and praying. So I do this every morning and I do this every night before going to bed. So the, the, the opening, the beginning of the day and the ending and closing of the day. And I really, it's my way of checking in with myself. It's my way of praying for my friends and my, you know, children and my beloved ones. Um, and it's my way of connecting to God and making sure that, um, God, um, uh, feels my presence as much as I feel God's presence. Oh, I love that. And what makes you feel unstoppable? God. <laughs> My relationship with God. I like that little pause. You're like, that's a good question. <laughs> yes. Okay. I like that though. That's a good, that's the first answer I've gotten that. But I do feel that we are motivated um, and we find meaning and purpose through our you know, spiritual beliefs and everything. But I do believe that what makes me feel unstoppable is when I'm in the rhythm of helping and serving and showing up when someone else is either in need or, or not just need, but there's this dance almost like there's this growth, you know, between two people. And I get so excited about that. And I could go like forever, right? I, I could be like the energizer bunny in that space. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Okay. What, who do you most admire? Who do you most admire? I, um, admire my mom. I admire my parents, actually mom and dad. I knew you were going to say that. I, yeah, my mom and dad, um, my grandma, I admire so many people. I admire you. I admire all my dear, um, mentors and people who have, um, influenced me in my growth. Um, I have a lot of admiration for a lot of people. And what about what is exciting you the most right now? You kind of talked about it a little bit, but what is exciting you the most right now in this moment? I'm excited to witness sort of how we're going to come out of this crisis. I'm excited to show up and to help and to see 
how we can move beyond this time and and growth and consciousness and better well-being. I'm very hopeful. Um, I'm excited about our children's growth. I'm excited about um, watching you grow and all the sisters and uh, our community grow. I'm excited about families doing better and uh, tapping into their inner power and inner growth. Um, I'm excited about growth. Yeah. And this is definitely a time to grow. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Nelly, for coming on with me today. And I love this conversation. I love all the practical things you kind of gave us to think about and try. So thank you so much. Oh, Liz, thank you so much. And congratulations. You are doing so good and raising so much awareness at a time where awareness is truly um, needed. And um, I couldn't be more proud of you. I just love you. And I have such a good time with you. And you bring a lot of happiness to my space and my world. Thank you. I love you so much. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, subscribe, leave a review. This is Conversations with Warrior Woman podcast with me, Liz Swadek. Remember, every woman has a story. You just have to ask her. Bye.